Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Hi, my name is Stan Pons, and I am so glad that you could be with us today for Make It Clear. Those of you who are faithful listeners, you know that our program is mostly designed in a way to provide solid expositional Bible teaching, but in a life application way. But periodically, from time to time, we step away from that because I really want you to meet men and women who are standing strong and lasting long for the Lord. These are men and women that are influencing the church at large, as well as, on a personal note, even my life. And if they're doing that, I want you to be aware of that. So perhaps they could have a ministry in your life as well. So today, I have a dear friend of mine. I want you to meet him. His name is Tim Rupp. Now, the backstory of Tim is his mom and dad were students at Florida Bible College, and Tim and his brother were a part of the uh, mechanism of Florida Bible College's young, young people. Well, it wasn't long after that. Ah, now that's his testimony. And I'm glad you're here because you're going to hear his testimony. And how did it come from being around the college to what he's doing today? Well, our topic is really what we call helping people to understand Jesus Christ as our Savior, but through various different ministries or genre. Well, Tim Rupp is one who is really providing that from mostly a law enforcement background coupled with a pastoral background. So in a sense, Tim Rupp is bringing together grace and law, and it's really neat the way he does that. And so Tim has a great background because after he uh, was uh, in San Antonio, he served in uh, law enforcement with the Air Force. He then joined the San Antonio Police Department, and he gave 24 years of dedicated service, and he retired back in 2007. So he had a wonderful career with the SAPD patrol officer, homicide detective, patrol sergeant. He dealt with sex crimes. He dealt with the police academy as a supervisor there, making sure the next generation police officers would go out and knowing their work to be able to stand strong and last long as well. And he did some work in the internal affairs. But besides all of that, he worked in a, as a firearms instructor. So he knows the importance, but also the danger of handling firearms and to use them as tools and not weapons, so to speak. So he's going to talk to us about that. He then served in various churches, and one being the Elm Creek Baptist Church in Lavernia, Texas, which is just outside of San Antonio. But now he's called into full-time pastoral work in Idaho. So you might be asking, well, he has all of that, and he's got his education from Texas State University and Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. So he really has the balance of what it's like to do law enforcement, but also how to do all of this from a biblical basis. Well, obviously, inside his chest beats a heart for those that are in law enforcement. And he knows those men and women that stand in front of bullets to protect us and to serve us, but he knows that they need Jesus Christ as their savior. So we're gonna hear a little bit about his testimony and what he does with that. But of course, while he's working, reaching law enforcement personnel, he also wants to make sure that churches and ministries are safe. So when we go to worship, that we can stand in that worship service, love the Lord, knowing that we're about as safe as we can earthly be. I know that you that are listening to me now, you know that there are churches and ministries that are in danger of violence and 
unexpected attacks. And in fact, even when this is being broadcast, it would not surprise me if another church did not have some kind of violence uh, projected into that church through an active shooter, at least uh, there or a school or a place of business or work. So you know that that's the case. Well, today I want you to be Dr. Tim Rupp, and he's the founder of a ministry that I want you to know a lot more about. It is called the Strong Blue Line. Welcome to Make It Clear, Tim. Thank you, Stan. Thanks for having me today. Well, tell us, uh, at your beginning, how did you come to faith alone in Jesus Christ? Well, I, I was fortunate to grow up in, in a Christian family. I had Christian parents, and I grew up in church. I think I was in church before I was uh, uh, anywhere else. And I remember when I was uh, just a small tyke, my father shared with me that salvation is by faith alone, through grace alone. And I remember I wanted that. I, I, I did not want to uh, die and go to hell. And my dad explained to me simple gospel, and I accepted that as a, as a young child. Well, I don't know now that after you've trusted Christ as Savior, something happened within you that either was a calling or a prompting or a passion to provide safety and security for people in our country and particularly in the community of San Antonio. And you went into law enforcement. How did you enter into law enforcement? What made you choose that as a career or profession? Well, growing up in the 1960s and the 70s, we grew up in the uh, TV era. And I love the TV shows. I love Adam 12. I love Hawaii 5 That was the original Hawaii 5 and Bread and all them other ones. And, and all I ever wanted to be growing up was a police officer. I saw police officers at pe- as people with authority and just had a, a wonderful career. So I wanted to do that. As I grew up, my, my dad went to Florida Bible College, as you mentioned, and then he became a pastor, and I became a pastor's kid when I was about 16 years old. And to be quite frank with you, I wasn't serving the Lord at the time, and I got away from the Lord, and I, I wanted to be a police officer. At 18, when I graduated from high school, I thought I was done with all my further education at that time. And uh, I couldn't become a police officer at that time, but I could go into the military and become a military police officer. So I joined the United States Air Force and I became a a military police officer. I was stationed there in in San Antonio. During that time, about three years into my four-year enlistment, the Lord got a hold of me and I just felt I needed to go back to the Lord, rededicate my life, get back to serving the Lord, to do what I was, uh, I know I needed to be doing. But to be quite frank with you, I was scared, Stan, because Mm -hmm. I did not want to be a pastor and I did not want to be a missionary. <laughs> and I remember talking to my mom and, and she encouraging me. And, and so I, I started serving the Lord again. And, and within a year, I, I, my enlistment was up and I joined the San Antonio Police Department and I was serving the Lord and the Lord was, was blessing me. Three years after becoming a, a police officer, I, I met my wife, Sherry, and, and we were married. So as I went on with, with my career, I was about seven years into my policing career with the police department. And I felt like, well, is there something the Lord wants me to do? Is he calling me out from being a police officer? Because I had a passion to reach police officers and, and I really didn't know what to do. And, and I had a, a tragic accident in July of 1991. I was water skiing with my wife and, and she had dropped off the ropes and I should have dropped off, but I didn't. And I fell backwards. The The guy who was who was driving the boat powered it down and turned to the left. And as it powered down, my feet came out of the, 
uh, skis and the rope wrapped around my left foot mm. and it immediately drugged me underwater. Mm. And I was drugged underwater. And the first thing I thought of was, I never wanted to go this way, drowning. <laughs> and then I felt the, the uh, rope pull loose and, and I felt pain in my left foot. I lifted up my left foot and looked at it and about a quarter of the foot was missing. Mm. And at that time, I thought, okay, the Lord has something else for me to do. And an amazing peace came over me, Stan. And mm. I said, okay, the Lord has something else for me to do as a police, uh, not to be a police officer anymore. I'm done with that. And to make the, the story a little bit shorter, earlier that year, I uh, had qualified for what they call top cop. And in order to qualify for that, uh, you had to qualify through professional police driving, firearms, and through uh, physical training. Well, I qualified for that in March, and this was in July. Mm. And I, I went to the doctor. The first doctor said that I'll probably walk again, but I'll probably never run again. Mm. Well, a doctor came in, and, and uh, another doctor came in, and he was able to uh, work on my foot, and I was able to remain on the police department. And in fact, in December, I was released to go back to full duty. December 7th was the competition. And I decided the other officers encouraged me to go on with the competition. So I did. And uh, in the run, I was dead last. <laughs> but I was able to do really well in the push-ups and the sit-ups and the shooting. And it turned out that I won the top cop award that year. My goodness. And that was an affirmation to me from the Lord that the Lord has you, that the Lord had me right where he wanted me to be. He wanted me to be a police officer and to stay there and to minister as a lay minister in my church. And I felt a peace about that. And uh, so I continued on with my career. I, I made detective and I, went, and I worked homicide for, for about three years. And then I made sergeant. And after about 15 or 16 years into my uh, career as a police officer, I felt the Lord calling me to some kind of missionary. I didn't know what to do. Like I said, I never wanted to be a pastor, but the, I, I started to go to seminary and I was going to get an education degree, but I realized that all the fun courses was in the other uh, a degree. And so I started taking theological courses and I finally found a, 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 a church advertised for a pastor out where I lived in, La, in Lavernia, wasn't too far from me. So I talked to my wife and she affirmed that maybe I should put in for it. I talked to my dad and, and he affirmed the same. I talked to some other people and I, I put in for the church and, and I was called to be a pastor. The, the Lord changed my heart changed my 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 direction of my life and after about five years of, of ministry there I retired from the police department and uh, I took a full-time pastor in in Idaho now talk to me a little bit about your ministry called the strong blue line and as I'm speaking about that uh, those of you that are listening if you'd like to kind of follow along you might go to the strong blue and you'll get some backstory of this but in it, you have a real passion for police officers, especially now that you've been one, you've been a pastor now, you're full on for God, and you want people to come to faith in Christ. How did it come where you were turned in the direction of those people that are in law enforcement and then the beginning of the strong blue line? Talk to us about that. Okay, Sam, when I was a police officer, I would often try to witness to my buddies that were also police officers, and it was tough to do. Police officers are, are a tough crowd to witness to. The things that police officers see, 
most police officers come from a middle class background, uh, by and large, and they become police officers and they, and they see what's going on. They, they may work the lower part of town, what people would call the lower part of town, and they can't believe the tragedy they see, the drugs, the alcohol, the men beating their wives and so forth, and they become discouraged. And then they work the upper part of town and they see the same thing. They see the, the people with the, the suits they get calls to their house and they're getting drunk and beating their wives and you have the same kind of stuff. And so these men and women, unfortunately, they've, they put their trust in men when they see how, how men and women treat each other, how humanity treats each other, they lose their faith because that's where their faith was. And like Jeremiah tells us that our faith should not be in man or our trust is to be in the Lord. And so they become cynical Many officers become very cynical about the things they see. They start questioning if there is a God. If there is a God, why does he allow all this stuff going on? So to try to witness to these men and women is very tough. But I've always had a heart to witness to police officers. And so shortly after I became a pastor in Idaho Falls, I started a uh, church safety response team. Mm -hmm. And when I started that team, I looked for a resource to help uh, guide me and I could not find the resource I wanted. So I thought, well, I have the tactical background and I have the theological background. So I wrote the book, Pistol in the Pulpit. And uh, the book, Pistol in the Pulpit, addresses the uh, issues facing churches, church leadership of having an armed security team in their church. And as soon as I finished that book, I realized I needed to write another book that was directed at police officers and getting the uh, gospel to police officers. And so I wrote Winning a Gunfight. And Winning a Gunfight is just that. It tells officers how to win a gunfight. And it addresses the tactical issues, the mental issues, and the ethical issues of winning a gunfight are your body, soul, and spirit. Whenever you, you're in a gunfight, you take all three parts. In fact, Whatever you do, all three parts of, your, of, of yourself is included in that. And so I, I wrote this book, Winning a Gunfight. In the epilogue, I included the gospel message. Mm. And I was fortunate to get Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman to write the forward for me. Now, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman is widely known in military and police training circles. And uh, he wrote the forward for me. So it, it gives it a, a really sense of legitimacy mm. when, it, when it's presented to police officers. And fortunately, the Strong Blue Line ministry is, is starting to grow more and more. And what my goal is with the Strong Blue Line ministry is to get churches to purchase a copies of the Winning a Gunfight and give them to officers in their community. And what this will do, it will do a couple of things. One, it will establish a connection between the local church and the local uh, law enforcement community. It will give the officers a valuable resource that they could use. Most importantly, it will give the officers the gospel message. And so uh, this has been successful. I've been able to travel around the country and put on Winning a Gunfight seminars for police officers. And when police officers come to these, they get continuing education points from their uh, state certification board. So they, they can get points for that. And they also get a copy of winning a gunfight. Recently, this in May of this year, I was able to go to Billings, Montana, Meridian, Mississippi, and Birmingham, uh, Alabama to give these seminars out. So the Lord's starting to open these things up. If a church wanted to order books, there they can go to they can go to my website, thestrongblueline.org, and they go to the resource pages and and they they can see how, how to order books there. And if they order five or more, then I can get them 
I can get them to them for $10 a book. That includes shipping, taxes, and everything. If they just want to buy one book, then go to Amazon, and the book is available there on Amazon. Well, I want to thank you for that. And we have more to hear from Tim Rupp. But in case you just tuned in, you're listening to Make It Clear. And my name is Stan Pons. I'm your Bible teacher on Make It Clear, as well as the president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. We're talking to Dr. Tim Rupp. He's former law enforcement, as well as he is a pastor with a deep theological degree in education and experience. But he still has a heart for those that are involved in law enforcement, that they would come to faith in Christ, but also to continue them, to train them in the things that they're doing, and that's why he has that book called Winning a Gunfight. But he's also concerned with churches and ministries that they would be safe, and so we talk about Pistol in the Pulpit. Now, when you hear that, it's kind of a provocative title. In fact, both of them are. He has another book called Winning is More Than Surviving, another one called Vengeance is Mine, and finally, Warriors for Faith. But now let me ask you a little bit tougher question. Here you are, you're Christian, and in certain genres of Christianity, they would say that we need to be pacifists. We need to really be careful and let God do the protection here. And so you get all the way frontline fighters, you know, and then you got those that are just let go, let God, don't worry about it. How do you uh, see the biblical basis for what you're doing to provide the kind of training for churches today to stand strong in the midst of a culture that's often very violent and people are violent against them, maybe because of mental issues. It could be because of spiritual issues. Just being a Christian, they could come against you. So what's your biblical basis for what you do? Well, I, I believe, Stan, that there's no biblical basis for a pacifist. And I believe that they are misunderstanding the scripture when they go to them uh, scriptures. And so what I've done, I, I've looked at the entirety of scripture, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the overarching uh, witness of scripture is that God is is not a pacifist God. He's a God of, of a warrior spirit. And I believe God puts warrior spirits in instills a a warrior spirit inside certain people to be protectors of those who would not protect themselves or are unable to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and and you see this in the old Testament. Matter of fact, in, in, in first Chronicles chapter 11 is, is a list of mighty men of David's mighty men. And these are warriors. And in there, there's list of how many people they killed in battle. Now, These men are not enshrined in Holy Scriptures because they killed people, but because they protected Israel from attacks. One thing I like to uh, point out is right after Israel got into the wilderness, after she was uh, uh, released from uh, Egyptian bondage, as a nation, Israel had their first war, and it was against the Amalekites. Now, in Egypt, the reason why they were released from Egypt was because of 10 miraculous plagues by the Lord. They escaped there. And then they, as they crossing the Red Sea, the Lord again miraculously delivered them and defeated the Egyptian army. And now they're in the wilderness and the Amalekites come up and Moses instructs Jonathan to take a sword and to get men and go fight. Now, why did the Lord not just do another miracle? Had the Lord run out of miracles? No, of course he didn't run out of miracles, but he told them to take the implements of warfare and to defend themselves. And so you have this in, in, in the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, in uh, uh, Nehemiah, and then you get to the New Testament, and the Lord also, uh, Jesus, again, once when he's talking about Roman soldiers, he never condemns them for what they're doing. Jesus uses many parables, and a parable is is taking something that's known and putting it alongside something that's unknown so they can understand better. 
And the Lord does this. The Lord, is, as he's talking about demons and he's trying to make this spiritual application, he says, if a strong man guards his house, his goods are protected. And the Lord is, is using that parable, and I don't think he would use a parable that he didn't agree with. And so we just used something that was common to the time. And another issue that Christians have is, well, they, you hear things like, well, aren't we supposed to be persecuted? And yes, the Lord does say that we are going to be persecuted, but persecution and a criminal action are two different things. For example, Stan, if I were preaching and the police officers came in, they said, we have a warrant for your arrest, Pastor Pastor Rupp, and if you preach the gospel, we're going to arrest you. Well, I'm going to preach the gospel and they're going to arrest me, and I'm not going to resist that arrest. They are agents of the government. And I will go to court. They find me guilty. I will go to prison and I will, whatever happens will happen. You'll suffer. I will suffer for that. That's the persecution for the gospel. Mm -hmm. But when a criminal comes in to do harm, then I believe as, as a husband, I'm mandated by the Lord to protect my family. The Lord says to love your wife as, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So that tells me that as a husband, I am duty bound to physically protect my wife and my children from harm. Well, that duty does not stop when I leave my house. I take it with me when I go to the movies, when I go to the mall, or when I go to church. And so I'm duty bound to protect. And I believe as shepherds of a flock that pastors and church leadership are duty bound to protect their flock. Now, generally, and, and most often we think of that as spiritual protection. And I agree it is, but we are also duty bound to protect physically. The Lord instituted deacons to meet the physical needs of the orphans and the widows. Up in the, up in the North, you guys probably don't have this down in the South, but in the, in the wintertime, we put down ice melt. Mm-hmm. to protect people from slipping and falling. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to protect somebody from slipping and falling, why would I not protect them from an active shooter coming in? Mm-hmm. And so th- there's a biblical basis for using self-defense. And nowhere in Scripture, and nowhere in Western culture or civilization, is, there, is it forbidden for us to use lethal force, if necessary, to defend ourselves. Well, I, that is so enlightening because it's coming from a biblical perspective. Now, some of you listeners may want to ask more questions about that, or what about this, or what about that? And I want you to know that our guest today, Dr. Tim Rupp, is very much available to answer those questions. Now, remember, again, we're talking about the ministry called The Strong Blue Line. Now, obviously, in a radio program like this or a podcast, you can't get enough information in just 25 minutes. So I encourage you to go to their website. You will see their philosophy of ministry there. You'll see his testimony. You will find all the resources available. So if you are in law enforcement or you're thinking about going into law enforcement, you'll want to go to this website. If you have family members or friends that are involved in this, you'll want them as well as you to go to the website, thestrongblueline.org. In addition to that, you may know the police officers or law enforcement people that you would like to give the gospel to them. Well, in a very soft but very accurate way that'll speak into their hearts and minds, you'll want to get the material that's produced by The Strong Blue Line and Dr. Tim Rupp. So I encourage you to go to their website, thestrongblueline.org. It's a ministry designed for people as well as for law enforcement. Now, we only have a minute or two left, so it's very brief. Just tell me a moment about the cop church. Tell me about that. Okay. Uh, about a minute. 
Cop Church started about two years ago, and it's a, it's a separate independent church. It meets on Tuesday night there in Idaho Falls. We are using the facilities of River of Life Church, and we meet on Tuesday night, the second Tuesday of the month, and it's for police officers and those who want to minister to police officers. So it's not just restricted to police officers coming. And we've been there for almost two years now. We just had three baptisms last month. So mm-hmm. we had our first three baptisms. And uh, it, it's a ministry not only for to minister to police officers, for but for police officers to minister out of. All right. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate you being with us. Again, listeners, if you'd like to know more about the ministry of the Strong Blue Line, go to their website, thestrongblueline.org. If you're interested in having a speaker at one of your events, or if you're in law enforcement and you'd like to have someone come and speak regarding law enforcement issues, but then in a very gracious way, be able to bring in the gospel, I encourage you to talk to Dr. Tim Rupp. This is Stan Pons with Make It Clear, and I want to thank all of you that are a part of our Make It Clear family who so generously and sacrificially support Make It Clear so we can have radio broadcasts just like this, designed with you in mind in your area of ministry or life, so that we could help you learn the Word of God to make it clear to others. And if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, I pray that you will do that right now. Just admit that you're a sinner. We all are sinners, that we need a Savior. We can't save ourselves. Our works can't save us. And no religion can save us. The only Savior is Jesus Christ. And by placing our faith in Him alone, we will receive from Him the full and forever forgiveness of sin. I pray that you do that. Well, until next time, my friends, let me just encourage you to make it clear. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear.